Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyoli, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast that celebrates the fact that we are all our own sexual experts. And at least speaking for myself, I think it's possible to learn from other experts and make new research discoveries in all the exciting primary ways. Happy Pride Month, happy Mercury Goes Direct, and happy birthday to our guest today. Amazing, right? There were the recordings where I was recording on people's birthdays, but this is the first one where it just happened to line up and we knew this months ago. So amazing, amazing. Uh, as always, listen to the outro if you want to connect. Keep your wonderfully perverted fantasies about me and our guests to yourselves and enjoy. Our guest today is a 29-year-old white straight female who is in a relationship of seven years and is engaged to be married very soon. She identifies as a sort of kinky submissive and sometimes switch who enjoys dirty talk, hickeys, ear sucking, and receiving pain. She currently works in the field of mental health from the northeast coast of the U.S. Welcome, Louise. Hello. Hey. If you had to rate yourself on a sexual shameometer with one being shameless and ten being so full of shame right now, where do you fall today? Today is a five. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about why? Sometimes it's embarrassing to talk about being sexual, especially with explaining what I was doing today around the next couple hours to other people. I just said I was in a meeting (laughs) instead of saying that I was doing a sexual podcast. So can you tell us just give us some details of like when your shame meter goes up and down? So when we're my partner and I are in a car, I will just randomly talk about sex. So I'm really, really open. And then when I'm around my parents or playing like board games or Cards Against Humanity, I am very shameless. Like I get red in the face, like embarrassed because they are the ones that taught me not to like talk about sex, do sex, sexual things, any of that. But I'm like a complete open book. So like, I love talking about sex. I love hearing about sex. Okay. So do I have this right that you play Cards Against Humanity with your parents and you are shameless and that embarrasses you? Yes. So even (laughs) though you are feeling embarrassed in front of your parents, you still just go for it. I still just go for it because that's part of my personality. And I feel like I still have to be myself. Okay. Even if they're against something. You know, I can't just change myself because they don't want me to talk about sex. Like, that's what everybody does. They had sex to have me. So what's wrong? You know, is that something that has come up in your family before? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So before we get into those details, can you tell us just a little overview of what your sex life is like right now? And what are your favorite parts? So currently our sex life is very minimal. It's always me being the one who says, let's do something or I have to dirty talk to get the room to feel nice and hot and spicy. Like we're about to do something fun. And usually my partner is like raring to go. And sometimes he's like, nope. So it depends on the day. I just kind of feel the vibe in the room and I know whether or not it's like going to happen or if it's not going to happen at all. Okay. And what would you say your favorite parts are? My favorite part is when he's like playing a video game. And he doesn't know that I'm about to just go ahead and give him a blowjob. And I don't really ask because we've had a conversation a long time ago that if I'm interested in giving a blowjob, I can just do it. I don't have to ask permission to do it. So my favorite part is when he's playing video games or being busy doing something, I'll just sneak up and decide this is the time. (laughs) I'm going to do this because I just need to, (laughs) even if you don't want it. Has there ever been a moment where he has expressed that he didn't want it? Yeah. 
And what do you do in those moments? I just sit there and I look at him. I'm like, you sure you don't want me to? And then I'll explain what I was going to do. And then he'd be like, oh, okay, continue. <laughs> okay. So it sounds like he does really want it when he understands what's happening. Okay. Okay. Can you tell us now, what does sexy mean to you? Sexy means like feeling beautiful and it's a very hard word to explain. But to me, I just feel like super sexy and wanted in the moment. Like he can make me feel absolutely sexy just doing the dishes, which seems so silly, but it's like, he wants me. He like needs me in that moment. And I'm just like, screw it. Like, I'm just going to be submissive at this point. Just do whatever you want to me. It comes from, I think, the internal part of me that also is like in part of my head. It's like, hmm, this is interesting. And then the other part's like, let's do this. You know, it's every time I do the dishes. I had to stop doing the dishes for a week on purpose because I just needed a little time to like not be interrupted on dishes. Okay. And are you getting turned on by dishes or it sounds like it really is by the energetic exchange that happened? Does your partner get turned on by you doing the dishes specifically? And when did you guys discover this? (laughs) We discovered this like a couple months ago. We were talking about wedding stuff in the moment. And then I was washing a glass, which I eventually broke in the sink. But he came up to me and he just started like smacking my butt. And then he said, you know, when you get your shirt wet, I really like it because your nipples get hard. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like immediately turned on. I'm like immediately turned on as soon as he touches me in any normal or even sexual way. I'm just immediately turned on. Is it constant? I can imagine there'd be moments where that would be like difficult. Yeah, that's why I didn't do dishes for a week. Okay. I just was like, I need a break to not feel turned on at every waking moment. But Sometimes I have to like mentally say, okay, right now is not the time. I need to get this done so we can go do X, Y, Z today, especially on a weekend, you know, trying to finish up the dishes from the night before. And then he's like, oh, look at that. And he'll just speak like love language to me. So my love language, I think I have multiple love languages, but one of my love languages is hearing that I am beautiful and I look sexy and whatever I'm wearing looks amazing on me and that he's so thankful for everything that I am doing for the household. And those words of him saying everything like that, I'm like, give it to me. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> like a lot of the times I'm ready, okay. <laughs> just ready to go. And he's like, ready to go too. <laughs> okay. So sexy is doing dishes and some specific words of affirmation. And it sounds like you just discovered this dishes things a couple months ago, which is hot and incredible. And I can't wait to hear more details about what else you've discovered over the past seven years. But before we get there, can you tell us, do you ever remember explicitly hearing about or learning about consent when you were growing up? I did not. I don't think I ever heard about it until something happened to me and then I learned about it. Okay. Do you feel comfy saying how old you were when that entered your awareness? Yes, I was 17. I was raped at a fishing access in my hometown. And when I went and spoke to a police officer, he said, did you give consent? And I asked what that was. And he explained it to me. And I said, no. And he said, well, I don't know how to help you. And that was it. And I went home and showered. 
Wow. Okay. So that sounds like a really big experience. Before we kind of like dive into your early experiences, can you tell us what you did to heal from that early experience that you had? It sounds like that was a terrible traumatic experience. Was that your first sexual experience? That was my first sexual experience. Yes. Okay. Right after it happened and I spoke with the police officer and he wasn't able to give me any assistance. I went home and I Googled what rape was and everything surrounding it. And then I talked to my mom and said I needed to talk to a therapist about some things that I was struggling with. And she signed me up with a therapist. And I had a therapist for about 12, 13 years. And later on in life, I did talk to my partner. But I definitely worked on the trauma that came from being sexually assaulted at a young age without knowing what consent was. The biggest word that works for me is knowing that I'm a survivor and I'm not a victim. I'm still living. I'm still here. I'm still living life. And even though that hurt me, I will make sure that people know that just because it happened to them, they didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. And we are survivors at the end of the day, every single day, actually. Yes. Okay. Can you tell us now, just reflecting on your experiences as an adult that were consensual, is there an explicit Yes, that you can share with us that was incredibly sexy for you to experience. I was 18, so a year after that assault, but I met with somebody. He was a friend of the family, actually. He knew my siblings, he knew my parents, and he told me that I looked absolutely beautiful and he would like to kiss me, but only if I said yes. And then I was like, yes, because I had never been kissed before. (laughs) So. It's not pure like sexual, but I mean, a kiss is a kiss at this point. Beautiful. Yes. And I think a kiss can be sexy, especially when it's consensual. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us now what happens to your shame meter when it is time to talk to a partner about having safer sex? That was in the beginning of a relationship seven years ago. And that was a really uncomfortable conversation to have with him. A little insight. He was a virgin. I was not even past the bad moment at 17. It was really hard to talk about any sexual anything with anybody. But when we first started dating, I opened up and said, like, I need to know if you're clean. If you've done anything, anything consent wise, I need to know like how far you'll go. If you don't want to go at all, you're like, I need to know like everything because that's the only way I will be comfortable if I know everything. And I said, and I'm an open book, straight up. You can ask me anything and I'll answer to you everything honestly. And that's how we started basically our relationship, but also our sexual relationship. Okay. So you were, it sounds like leading in the beginning and it sounds like it was difficult for you, but it also sounds like you did a pretty clear job of it. Yeah. I think I did the best I could knowing what I would have wanted if somebody gave me the chance to have what I wanted. So I tried to make sure because he also had never had sex before, never had a kiss before, nothing. I wanted him to have the chance to say yes or no. Like, I wish I had that chance too. Totally, totally. And then I always just try to spread this because I learned this recently or sometime in the last year or two. 
I love when people say I'm all clear STI wise because clean and dirty kind of make it sound like when some of us get herpes in our throat, like we're bad people, like we're a bad, dirty person. But actually, like STIs are very normal. So I like to be like, hey, are you all clear? Is there anything I need to know in order for us to play safely? So I just offer that out to everyone. Can you tell us now, take us back to your early years. What is your first memory around sex? So I didn't even know the word sex till I was in CCD, which is like being Catholic and you go to a class and you learn about Jesus. And honestly, I don't remember anything in that class or classes. I did that for 12 years because I had to. And I just remember this saying something about abstinence and how we had to save ourselves for marriage if we wanted to have a good relationship with God. And I did not believe that. I thought that was so silly because if God put me on this earth, then he would want me to make my own decisions. That's what I think. And it was in the beginning of CCD when I found out about sex and being absent and like, don't do things with other people and don't even lay in a bed with a boy because that's bad. Mm, Okay. Do you feel like you had an understanding of what sex was the first time you heard about it? Or when did it start to kind of like click into your brain about what it meant and what did it mean to you? So I was curious one day after CCD class, my parents weren't home. The computer, I didn't know how to delete history. I learned that after the fact, but I looked up sex and porn videos popped up. And then I just started watching because I was curious on all of it. (laughs) So like, that looks really fun. I want to be a part of that. And I was pretty young. I think I was 15, 16. So up until 15 or 16, you just were not aware of penises and vaginas as it relates to crushes and emotions? No. Okay. I just knew I had a vagina and a boy had a penis. And you're not supposed to lay in a bed with somebody. Okay, so no sex ed, no parental talk, nothing? Mm-mm. Wow. My parents did not talk about the birds and the bees. <laughs> okay. What about TV? Like, did you see any, like, sexy music videos or TV? Like, what did you get exposed to? And was there any curiosity around it? Literally, my TV time was full house, and that was it. Okay, so you went from, like, zero to 100, from, like, no idea to, like, porn. Take us to that first moment where you, like, Googled sex, discovered porn. What is happening in your brain? I Googled sex. I read the definition. And I was, like, clicking on links, just trying to figure out, like, what the next link meant. It was Pornhub.com. And I clicked on that. And I saw all sorts of things happening. The first thing I saw was a guy and a guy. I didn't know that meant gay. I thought gay equaled happy. I definitely had a closed-minded childhood, and I don't want my adulthood to be like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound like it is. Also, on the plus side, at least you had a Catholic community that wasn't, like, attacking gay people if you thought gay just meant happy. (laughs) Yeah, I really only just thought gay meant happy. I didn't understand why it said gay, and I was like, oh, they're happy to be together. That's how I saw it. And uh, next thing I saw was women with women and it says lesbian and I then googled lesbian to know what that meant and I just kept googling words I didn't know what they meant because it was my first time on a porn site then I heard my mom come in the door and I shut that computer down really fast okay so you definitely had a sense that it was not something you were supposed to be looking at yeah definitely which was made me want to go back for more actually wow and did you I did I still do 
So what did that lead to in your formative years? Did you start to explore your own body or what kind of was the next step on your own sexual journey? Around the time I turned 18, I moved out of my parents' house, graduated high school, the whole bit. And I went into a new city for a course to get into healthcare. I walked by a sex store. There was an actual dildo like suctioned to the, I don't know, like a board or something in the window. And I turned back around and I was like, I'm going into the store and I'm going to ask questions and I want to figure this out. So that's what I did. So it was at a point in your journey where you were ready to start exploring your own body. It sounds like that was at least a year after your assault. Yes. I felt more comfortable knowing that it's my body. I should be able to touch myself and figure my body out, what I like and dislike, because at some point in life, I would hopefully find the man or woman I would be interested in to eventually have sexual relationships with. And I would want to know what I liked before I got there. Okay. Was that something you had been thinking about before you saw the window dildo? Yes. (laughs) I was curious because I was out of the house and I was on my own and I wanted to go to a bar. I wanted to go to like a stripper's club, like couldn't find a stripper's club, but I wanted to like explore everything sexual just because I never got the chance to or even talk about it with my parents just to learn about it. Right. Okay. So you didn't get a talk from parents. What about friends ever? And in college, like were these ideas coming from friends or kind of like, where did you learn about strip clubs? Where did you learn about the ideas of these things you wanted to explore? I learned about the strip club because I saw a commercial on TV about it. I found really weird because I didn't know they put that on TV. (laughs) I never really watched TV. Like my parents full house was it like on Sundays. So watching TV during the week was not a thing. And so when I saw it on the TV for the first time, I thought, wow, that's really cool. We're going to find one of those. I'm not interested in women, but I thought, well, at least I could just figure out what they do there, you know? Mm. And then also when I was in the courses, a guy was interested in me. I felt sexy, wanted, needed, and he helped me explore more. Was this your first exploration partner? Yes. Okay. Give us details. You met him in a class? I met him in a class. He unfortunately lied about his age. He was married. He did have kids and he was not what age he said he was. He was actually 10 years older. Okay. Yeah. Looking back now, I feel like I definitely didn't get the option to say, hold on a minute. Let me take a breather. Now that I've figured all this out, let me decide if I want to continue instead of just continuing. I didn't know how to tell him how I masturbate because I had six months of masturbation. And then this guy was interested in me and I was like, Ooh, Someone's interested in me and they want to touch me. And how do I get them to touch me? But how do I explain what I like when they touch me and what I don't like? And most of the time I would just lay there because I was confused on what I was supposed to be saying or doing. Is that something you feel like you've figured out since? Or what do you say now? Or what did you learn looking back on it? So when my partner and I started dating and he was a virgin, I would explain to him like, for my boobs, I'd be like, okay, here's my boobs. Please don't grope them so hard like they're big udders on a cow. I do love when he sucks my nipples. I feel like I taught him that 
in a way of saying, like, if you were to suck on your thumb, you wouldn't want to bite. You would want to just suck it a little bit, but also tickle with your tongue. Let's just be really clear here. It sounds like that's the experience of your nipples because my nipples do like a little biting. (laughs) Well, I did work up to that just recently. Ooh, okay. So nipples went, boobs went from being like super sensitive to now they do like pain. Yes, they do. They love it, actually. It's like the only thing that gets me off now. He could do it in the car and I could just get off. Like, I don't need any penetration like 75% of the time. What do you remember discovering about your body for the first time when you were touching it? So I normally would like lay on my back and put my hand into my vagina, but I would touch above my clit. So not actually my clit. Clit's way too sensitive for me. And then I would just kind of rub in a circular motion and just, I have a very wide range of imagination. So I would just imagine anything sexual. Sometimes it would be gay men just kissing. And I would think of that and I would just rub above my clit until I'd orgasm. I would sometimes use like little vibrators. I don't remember what they're called, but they're like really tiny. And eventually those just were too much. It was just like too much sensation where what I was building up to have an orgasm and I would just lose it. And I'd be like, okay, I'm done for now, you know? Okay. So you knew what an orgasm was or like how, when did you kind of figure that out? And then the dildo that caught your eye on the window, did that play into your early masturbations or was it just there for kind of like dildo support? I was just curious on what the thing was, the dildo. I found out afterwards it was a dildo, but I walked in, I was like, what is that? And they're like, that's a dildo. And I'm like, what does it do? (laughs) And they're like, what? Are you 18? I'm like, I am 18. I just... I didn't ever have the birds and the bees. Yeah, you're learning. So I'd like to know everything in the store. And so the woman explained everything. She explained the dildos that are pretty solid to the ones that wiggle around a little bit to the ones that are like extremely huge and to the ones that are really not huge at all or the ones that don't have the like suction cup at the end. And it's more of just like a long thing. And she went on to the vibrators and She started me off on the littlest vibrator because I told her I didn't know what I liked, how much I liked. And that's where I all started because of that one store. Wow. I'm glad you got that sex talk better late than never. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Okay. Have you noticed if your sensitive areas have changed at all over the year? Like, does your pussy still like the same stuff? Is your clit still as sensitive? Everything's changed since then, actually. Over time, I started realizing that I didn't need to have penetration to have an orgasm. Sometimes I don't even need touch. I just need somebody to dirty talk me, and then I can just orgasm on the spot. Do you have a favorite kind of dirty talk that, like, gets you there? Can you do it to yourself, too? I do it to myself, yeah. I'll just dirty talk myself saying, you know, my partner, and then I'll just mention his name, and it'll be like, you know, he'll come down on me and just pinch my nipples and go all the way down my body and then come back up. And I'll just in the moment while I'm rubbing myself is what I call it because I'm not actually like fingering or anything. I'm not using a toy. I will just like get all goosebumpy and then I will just get a little faster with the rubbing. And then all of a sudden it's orgasm century and like exploding. And then I have to go take care of myself. But most of the time, yeah, I can dirty talk myself and 
basically all in my head and it will just all happen from there. Wow. So tell us, it sounds like you met him, if I'm doing math correctly, when you were 22-ish. Yes. What happened between 18 when you discovered your body and 22? So you had six months of masturbation before you had your first exploration partner. And even though it sounds like that partner did not give you accurate information about the type of relationship that you were desiring, did you at least have good sexual explorations or how was that for you? So I just want to jump back for a second. When I was sexually assaulted, the person did not use their penis. They used their fingers. They did not pop me. I didn't know what pop meant until I was 18. What does pop mean to you now here for context? Honestly, I still am unsure. They say pop your cherry, but it's not a cherry. It's just a lining. (laughs) But there also is no such thing as like, there's not like an official thing to rupture. That's actually just kind of like a sex negative, femme negative thing. And so I just like to check in about pops and pop culture knowledge. Yeah, I didn't actually know that. So I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't feel like he made me from virgin to unvirgin. When I was 18 and I was with the guy exploring, he was my first sexual everything. How was that for you having been raised in a religious environment? It actually was really like thrilling. It was like, oh my God, this is finally happening. And like, I'm so excited to be touched and like all the things like show me everything. Like I would bring up Pornhub and be like, I saw this on Pornhub. Can we do this? you know, I want to try it. And he'd be like, yeah, sure. Oh, okay. And then we would do it. So we did vaginal the first time. And then the next time I saw him, I asked him to just put it where it's supposed to only be stuff coming out. (laughs) And he said, okay. So we did that. It was painful the first time. And I think I didn't prep anything. I didn't know the prep that you should do. We just went for it. We even did like bondage. He would like strap me up on the bed and just tease me for a long period of time. Eventually I got bored of that because I was like, either get it over with, give me my orgasm or let's go get some ice cream. Cause I'm like, so over this right now. Oh, interesting. Okay. How long does it take for you to get over it? About 15 minutes. Okay. So you like kind of the quickie vibe of sex. Yes. And I want it to be serious. I don't want it to be like joking around at the moment. So sometimes he would like joke around be like, oh, the other day I was at blah, blah, blah store and I saw a wrench and I thought about wanting to. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Okay, so not very attuned to your turn on. It sounds like right. It was very like just off like a squirrel moment just (laughs) talking about something random. And I'd be like, "Okay, I'm done. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm not done yet. I'm like, but I am like, I'm done. Okay, untie me. Like done means done, done means no, like no more. And that would be it. And for a while, we didn't go back to sex for a while because that turned me off so much that I I will take care of myself from now on. That's how I saw it after that. Okay. Did you communicate that to him or were you just like, I need a break and disappear? I did communicate it to him and then I did disappear because I was like over it. Okay. So you just saw each other a couple of times and then did you see him again after that or did you kind of move on to new partners? We were kind of dating, but it wasn't the best kind of dating that I thought my first dating experience would be like. It was mostly just about sex. And I wanted to go out to dinner and like go out and have fun and go to a concert. And he just wanted to come over after work or after classes, have sex, go home. Okay. And I wanted more. 
he did not. And after that last experience about the wrench, I just thought this person's not for me and that's okay. I'm not getting what I want or even need from this relationship. So I'm just going to tell him I did through a text, probably not the right way to do it. I don't know how to break up with somebody. He was my first boyfriend. He was my first everything. And I thought, nah, I'm just going to quit it, delete him. Bye-bye. Okay. And I'm guessing that's when you found out that he had a family. <laughs> did. Okay. I saw him in a grocery store with his wife and his two kids. Okay. So after that, it sounds like you still had a couple of years before you met your current partner. What happened next? What did you discover about yourself next? And it sounds like, you know, you got to do front door, back door. Did you ever have an experience where you got to kind of like explore more of the stuff you saw in porn that you had wanted to try? Yes. So at my first job in the healthcare area, I was like hanging out with some coworkers. They told me that there was a Tupperware party. And I thought that meant, because I had an apartment, so I thought that meant, like, I was going to get Tupperware. And, like, I was going to be able to buy Tupperware for my food that I just seemed, at that point, just to put into solo cups because I was kind of broke. So I went to the Tupperware party. It was not Tupperware. (laughs) It was dildos and bondage things and, like, everything sexual. And I walked in, I was like, oh, my God. Why don't you just call it what it is? And they're like, we don't do that. I'm like, but why? To this day, I still don't know why they call it a Tupperware party. But I sat down on the couch and I was like, okay, what am I going to buy? You know, I was so excited. And during that party, my one coworker, she explained to me that she was kinky and she just wanted to explore everything. And that's how she used the word kinky. And I was like, yeah, sure. She's like, have you ever kissed a woman? I'm like, no. And there was like six other women there. And they also were like, no, we've never kissed a girl. And so she wanted to play a game. She wanted to play a game. If everybody consented, everybody had to like actually verbally consent that they were okay with doing this next step. And she asked if everybody would try to make her orgasm, that she would be blindfolded, but each person would go in separately and try to make her orgasm because she hadn't orgasmed in a while. That is a really big jump from Tupperware party to orgasm. What was your take on this? I was nervous at first because I was like, I don't know how to touch another person's Oh, so you were open to it. I was open, but I was also like a little bit nervous because do I do the same thing I do to my own body to somebody else's body? I didn't know. So I just went for nipples. I thought, well, if my nipples, they felt good every once in a while when they would get hard and cold and they would touch something and I would be like, Ooh, that feels good. But I never actually explored anything more than that. So I thought, well, I'll just play with her nipples and see what happens. And she orgasmed from her nipples. Wow. So you just got lucky and guessed that she was into nipples. Yep. And if we got her to orgasm, the prize was $150 toward the Tupperware party. So I got $150 to just buy whatever I wanted. Amazing. Okay, so here's a question for you. Do you think now then you officially count as a sex worker? Yeah. I mean, it was fun. Honestly, if I was asked to do it again, I'd probably still do it. Okay, so that's interesting. But you do identify as straight? Do. Why? I don't know. That was only one time thing. Okay. But it sounds like you liked it. I did. And it sounds like you'd do it again in theory. I would do it again in theory. I think about it in theory. If I were to have a threesome, I wouldn't want to just go by myself 
and not experience that with my partner. Cause I feel like he would have fun too, either watching me help somebody orgasm or he would also have fun getting played with. So I definitely wouldn't do it alone. Like I can imagine doing it and then orgasm touching myself. Or I could just think about it and be like, orgasm done. And it'd be easy. I call myself straight because I don't, I don't put myself in the bisexual category, I guess. If I'm hearing you correctly, it sounds like you would get off by the idea of touching women and you have in the past gotten off watching, in, at least in your mind, gay dudes kiss. So what is straight and what does bisexual mean to you? I don't know. Ooh, okay. I guess I never put it in terms like that. I saw it as I was helping out my friend have an orgasm and that's all she wanted. And she said, I'll give up my gift card. You win this so you can buy anything from the Tupperware party. And I thought, yeah, I'm down for some competition. <laughs> with these other women and that was it we're still friends but we don't talk about it we talk about sexual things all the time send each other like pictures you see on facebook nowadays like what i get kicked off of instagram and facebook so i stopped going on there so like are they more permissive these days there was a plant that looked like an actual penis it just looked like the actual head of a penis and like the girthiness of penis Great. But it was a plant. <laughs> Favorite it kind was of a plant from somewhere. And I sent it to her. I was like, look at this. Do you think this would hurt sitting down on it? And she sent me back. She goes, Yeah. Do you think doggy would hurt too? I'm like, Yeah, I think so. And she'd be like, Yeah. <laughs> was that your only experience with another lady? It was my only. Were there other formative experiences before you met your partner? Yes, there was. I went on to a dating site. It was through Facebook at the time. I don't remember what it was called. But he wasn't too far from my apartment. And he said, only if you drive to me, you can cuddle with me. A new random person? Yeah, just a random person. Okay, okay. It was like a week after the Tupperware party. And I thought, oh, I would love some cuddling because cuddling just sounds relaxing. You don't have to like feel forced to do anything. You don't have to like touch each other. You could just touch each other by cuddling, but not sexually. And when I got there, he was like, so your mouth looks pretty good for a blowjob. And I was like, nope. <laughs> and I got in the car and I drove away. Oh, wow. Okay. I wasn't interested. I thought, that's not how you greet somebody you just met, especially from a dating site. You're on there for a relationship. You asked to cuddle. You wanted to watch a movie. You told me how much fun it would be. And then you commented on my mouth. I mean, yes, I love giving blowjobs, but that's not the way you approach me on this. So, yeah, I never went back. <laughs> okay. What would the ideal approach be for you? Well, now it's changed. So if my partner says, he'll call me mommy sometimes. So he'll be like, mommy, can you just suck my cock? And I just look at him and be like, I don't know. I think mommy's busy right now. And he's like, no, I don't think she is. And I'm like, huh. And I'll bite my tongue, like show him that I'm biting my tongue. <laughs> and I'll just bite my lip. And he's like, yeah, I think. I think your mouth is free. And I'm like, yeah, I think my mouth is free too. And then I'll just go downtown. Okay. Okay. So tell us, how did your dynamic develop? It sounds like there is a bit of a switchy element, but that the energy really, does it flow back and forth? Do you feel like you're submissive more of the time? Or how do you kind of understand your submissive slash switchy self? I think I'm submissive on my terms. And when I want to switch as in, I want him to be the one to tell me what we're doing, how to sit, how to lay, you know, 
come here right now and suck my dick while I'm loading the dishwasher. When he's not loading the dishwasher, dishwasher's open and he's just like, there's his penis. Hey, babe, just come suck my dick. I'm like, okay. And here I come because I love giving pleasure. It's my favorite thing. I don't have to receive anything before or after. I just want to suck dick. Oh, wow. Amazing. Okay, so before you had the dishes thing, where would you mostly suck his dick? What's kind of like the arc of your seven years together sexually been like? If it's okay, I would like to talk about his first time because that was also my first time having to ask him every time I did something, Mm. is this okay? Just to make sure the consent was still there, even though he already consented. He said, yes, I would like you to suck my dick. And I'm like, okay. But then I would slowly go down on his dick. And then I would kind of bite at the bottom and then I'd go back up and be like, is this okay? Because I don't know, maybe he doesn't like biting. Maybe it turns him off. I don't know. To now he loves biting. He likes when I rake my teeth down, which sounds so painful. Yeah, yeah. No, I've had partners who are into it. And so is it only one direction down, not up? He likes down and up. Okay. He likes if I nibble on his head a little bit, like right by the pee hole is what I call it. So he likes that. He has like a little nub where they kind of messed up his circumcision. Yes. So it's like a little extra nub. So sometimes it's sensitive for him. So I'll just lick that randomly while I'm going up and down because my mouth is usually like really wide. So I'm not really full on tonguing on him up and down, but I'll like move my tongue back and like kind of use the point of my tongue to touch that spot and it makes him go crazy it's the best (laughs) i love when i can tease and make him go oh my god and it's like it's amazing and i'm like i'm doing something good like it's making him feel good which i love doing yeah what about receiving pleasure for yourself especially with mouths i haven't ever liked anybody in my vagina with their tongue or their mouth or anything How does it make you feel? It's just a weird sensation. I would never have an orgasm doing it. I'm just like, what are you doing? And my partner's gone down on me and it was the first and last time because he wanted to try it. And I thought, okay, yeah, sure. And we did it. And he's like, how was it? And I said, it's not you. I just don't like it. And I never have. But I thought maybe I would like it if you did it. It's just, that's not how it is. And we haven't done it since, which is fine because Even when I watch lesbian porn and they're eating each other out, I don't feel anything for it. But if they're making out or pinching nipples or, you know, smacking butts, I'm like, yes, this is great. Amazing. When did you discover the nipple pinching? Was that through porn or was that like because it happened to you? Like, tell us the evolution of these pinches. My partner did it to me accidentally. It was like two days before I got like my period and my nipples were like super sensitive and he pinched them. And I was like, oh, I think I like that. And he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, just do it again. And one nipple is sensitive than the other. And I was like, pinch both of them. I want to see how it feels. And within minutes, I had an orgasm over that. Yeah. We were sitting on the couch, by the way. That's where sometimes it happens, too. Nice. Okay. Do you also like receiving slaps? You said you are into a little bit of pain. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so... I give him oral sex and he gives me oral, but it's by sucking my tits. So we just call it that way because I don't like it down below. Yeah, you get to pick. You get to pick where you like it. That is perfect. Yeah. We had that whole discussion one time just driving through traffic. 
And I was like, I really think my nipples are going to be the oral pleasure that you give to me. And he was like, all right, that sounds good. So when I say, hey, can you give me oral? He knows that I don't mean go down below. I mean, come and rake your teeth on my nipples, slap my tits, like just be so mean to me, just do it and get it over with. Like I just need it. And sometimes like he'll be playing video games and I'll be like, sorry to bother you, but I really need you to pinch my nipples. And he's just like, what? And I'm like, I need you to mute yourself on your game. (laughs) Because then I realized his friends probably just heard me. Amazing. But I need you to pinch my nipples for me. So I'll just stand next to him. He'll just pinch my nipples and just sometimes not raking, but like squeezing and rolling my nipples between his two fingers. And that's, uh, it's mm, perfect. Like it's delicious. I say it every time like that was delicious. (laughs) And then I'm like, do you want some? And he'll say, yes or no, or you don't have to. And I'll be like, well, I want to. So remove your pants, please. Amazing. Are there other types of pain that your body enjoys? I liked my butt smacked. I don't have a big butt, but I like it like smacked as hard as he can. Like it turns me on when he smacks my ass. Cool. What is your dynamic like? He is always trying to be super sweet while I'm wanting him to like be aggressive. Oh, interesting. He'll be like, does this hurt you? And I'm like, no, because it does, but it feels good. It's a good hurt. And so when he smacks me, he's like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, stop saying sorry. Just smack me and hit me and bite me and just do it. <laughs> like I have to kind of tell him like what you're doing is what I want. It's okay. okay. Please just do it and don't say anything about it. <laughs> and there's been times where he'll just do it the whole time. And then afterwards be like, are you okay? Like he wants to make sure that I'm still okay at the end. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, that was fantastic. Or that was delicious. We should do that next time. And delicious is my word of saying like, it was really, really good. Awesome. It's like when you eat something and it's so delicious you can't wait to eat it again yeah it's basically like that (laughs) amazing are there any turn-ons of yours that we haven't talked about yet that are relevant I have a turn-on when he says come and sit on daddy's lap and then I'll just be like wait a second do you want me to sit ride am I going backwards or forward cowgirl and are you getting anal or are you getting vagina and sometimes he says anal and I'm like yes finally Because it's not an always thing that we're always doing anal. It's most of the time doggy vaginal, which is great. That's our favorite position together. And sometimes bunny, we call it bunny. I don't think it's actually called bunny. Basically, I'm laying on my stomach. My butt is up enough that he can slide right in, but it's not fully on my knees. Love that. So we call it bunny. It's a quick orgasm for both of us. He like lasts five minutes in bunny position. And that feels like a long time sometimes because I'm like, I have to stay with it and like not start going squirrel moment about <laughs> things in my head. I have to like stick with him and be like, okay, I've like this. This feels good. He's going to put his hot cum in me, you know, like I dirty talk myself to stay in the moment. And then once he finally orgasms, I'm like screaming, yes, daddy. And I'll scream as loud. I don't care if the neighbors hear us. Like at least we're having really good, fantastic sex right now. And when we're doing anal, it's the same thing. Usually it's reverse cowgirl. So I can't see his face, but I like that I can't see his face because if I do, I don't want to stop because his facial expressions 
telling me something different than what his grunting or the rest of his body language is telling me. Okay. Have you learned anything about your anal self since your first attempt that you told us about earlier? Like, what do you enjoy now and how do you enjoy it? I definitely like doggy. And I learned that having lube is a really important thing (laughs) because the first time we didn't have lube. Yeah. How did we do it? I get it. Same. (laughs) Yeah. I was like so confused. Like, why did it hurt? And then after some research, like a long time of research, I was open to it with my partner Mm -hmm. and we were able to buy some lube, try it out, you know, put it on his dick, put it all over my butthole. And the best way I can describe how I figured out how to do it is I would push out like I was going to go to the bathroom, but he's sliding in. So it's allowing him to come in because I'm pushing out. If I just don't do that, then he's never going to make it past the gate. Like it's never going to happen. And also just knowing that at any point in time, we have our safe word we can say pineapple. We have two words, but pineapple just means, okay, stop because it might hurt or, oh gosh, that's a lot. And sometimes, you know, when we're doing anal, I will say pineapple and he's like, I haven't even made it in yet. And I'm like, oh. Interesting. Okay. So is that like a brain thing? What's happening for you there? I think it's because I can feel the pressure Mm. and part of my body's like, oh my God, something's going in there. I'm like pineapple. And then I'm like, okay, we're safe. I'm okay. We're in the good position. So it gives me a freaking great orgasm, like explosive. And then I'm like kiwi. And then he pulls out a little bit and I'm like unkiwi, which just means you can start now. I love it. And he's like, you're good. I'm like, good. And he smacks my ass and then he plunges in. And then, you know, I don't say pineapple after that. Don't ever say stop. It's really good. Amazing. I'm hearing a lot of threads of dirty talk. Is a lot of that happening inside your mind or is it out loud sometimes? I get that daddy and mommy are said out loud, but are there other parts that are just for you and other parts that are shared? A lot of things that I say in my head, I'll say out loud within a few seconds. I just say it in my head first to make sure it sounds right before I say it out loud because I don't want to stumble because I'll stumble a little bit on words and then he'll say it and then he'll laugh. And in that moment, it might take us out of how we're both feeling like legit in that moment of having sex or sometimes I have a squirrel moment. I'll come up from doing a blowjob and I'll be like, Oh, the other day I talked and he just looks at me and goes, Kiwi. And I'm like, never mind. And I go back down to what I'm doing because I had a squirrel moment and that happens, but he'll laugh. And then I'm like thinking, Oh crap, don't lose it. Because sometimes if he laughs too much, he'll lose his member. It sounds like you got right back in it if you need to. Every time. I love that. How did you learn to dirty talk? I think my brain's already programmed to do that. Really? Okay, because I was like, it seems like it comes very naturally to you. Like, it seems like there is kind of this comfort as you have been talking about it. And that's incredible, in my opinion, because I didn't have words for a while. So did you ever, like, read any erotic fiction? Or do you feel like you absorbed it from porn? Or you think it's just your special creative gift? I think it's my special creative gift because it just comes out of nowhere sometimes. I have a couple of best friends like that and I'm just like, wow, that's so cool. I could dirty talk. Most of the time we're in the car and we're driving somewhere and I'll just start dirty talking. And he's not as turned on as I am, but I'll dirty talk. And I remember this one time we were coming home. I think it was Christmas. We're coming home from a family thing. And I said, I can't wait to suck your cock at home. Like drop the bags and just 
drop your pants and I can't wait. And I looked over and he was unbuckling his belt. He's like, I'm getting hard and we're going to have to pull over on the side of the road. And I'm like, I'm down for it. Let's do it. And he was like, I think you talking, it's not dirty talk. Like you sexting, like sexting isn't for us. We don't sex, but dirty talk, like in the moment of me just describing all the things I'm going to do to him. And I'll be like, yeah, but we'll just do it later at home, you know, after we unpack and after we do laundry and I'll just make it like, we're going to do it later on and you'll have to keep thinking about it, (laughs) that it's going to happen. And that's my way of teasing him. Like I'm going to do it, but we're going to wait a little while, like maybe a couple hours. And that time he was like, I can't wait. Like I'm leaking. And I'm like, oh, you're leaking. (laughs) Cool. That's cool. I need a drink. (laughs) And then he's like, you actually need a drink? Or I'm like, no, I need a drink of your cock. And he's like, okay. And then we pull over and I give him blowjob in the car. And, and then as soon as it's done, I say, okay, I really do need a drink now. I jokingly will say, I need to flush the kids down just because it makes him laugh every single time. And it's so weird to say it like that, but he's like, okay, we'll get you a drink. So we go to the nearest place so I can get a coffee or something. Oh, that's amazing. I meant to ask you earlier too, tell us about hickeys and ear chewing. Oh, it's the best. (laughs) He started doing that probably two, three months ago. He came up behind me and like kissed my neck. And I just felt goosebumps everywhere and my tits got perky and I got wet. I was like, can you do that again? And I kept pushing myself closer to him. Like, can you just, I don't know what you just did, but can you do it again? And so he did it again and they did it on the other side. And I was like, I really like that. Are you busy right now? (laughs) And he's like, no. And I'm like, cool. We're just going to go have some fun. Cause like, you just turned me on. And if we don't, finish this I'm gonna bug you later and sometimes when he's sucking my tit he'll also like lick or suck on my earlobe mm. and pinch another nipple so he's doing a lot but I'm just in the moment and it's the best feeling like that feeling of feeling sexy and needed and wanted like I do at the kitchen sink is the same feeling I'm getting when he's sucking my earlobe and you know pinching my tit or slapping my tit Anything with my tail, honestly, is amazing. Have you ever tried nipple suckers or a pussy pump? I finally did buy a pussy pump after talking to Sonia in her episode a few weeks ago. I got a pussy pump. I have not yet used it, but it's basically just, you know, a pressure machine. It were just, is that something that you think you'd be interested in? I tried it. Oh, I did not like it. Like, even though I was by myself, I felt awkward. Mm. Like, this is a strange sensation. I can't tell if I like it. And I know that I still have it and I can always go back to trying it. I would okay. just have to maybe be in a good mental spot to be like, I'm going to try something new and it's okay that I don't like it, Yeah, but it's fantastic if I do. And if I can get to the fantastic, then I will always use it. Yeah. Nipple suckers, as you call them. I have purple ones. <laughs> they were a random buy. I was on, I think it's Adam and Eve something or other. And I was like, so curious. I was like, I wonder if that's like, they're going to be the same sensation that my partner gives me. And it was similar, but actually I like that you can 
pump your nipples up to being extremely large and then they're so sensitive he just loves that they get so big like he's like wow they got massive and i'm like i know no do dirty to me and do dirty i say that to him and it means smack me bite me pinch me like be aggressive i i need the aggressiveness Mm. i don't need the let's be soft like um what was that movie 50 shades of gray like i read those books and i was constantly wet the whole time like i was like oh my god i want all of that to happen to me kind of i kind of want all of that to happen there are certain things i'm not interested in what are you not interested in you what are your turnoffs i don't like bondage i don't like being tied up or smacked with leather things if you're gonna smack me smack me with your hand smack me with your dick <laughs> Well, smack me with a pillow if you have to, but like, don't smack me with anything leather. Okay. Smack me with your real dick. I don't need a dildo. Like, I don't even like the feel of dildos because it's not skin. Okay. It feels unnatural. Okay. And so I, I really love that my partner will smack me with his dick and do all these things, but it's not in a way of we're having to buy leather anything and smack each other and i've asked him like if he wanted that and he's like no i'm like okay (laughs) leather belt and leather shoes are good enough for him in the leather department and a leather armchair is good enough for me but i do not need to be smacked around with anything totally i'm partly interested in a threesome but i'm also not interested in a threesome i would have to like mentally be there i think it's all mental to get there to want it but I'm also a very jealous person. So I'd be cool with two men and myself. I don't think I would be okay with him and another girl. It gives me like nauseousness even talking about it because I've been hurt before. I've not been in a threesome situation, but I've walked in on somebody cheating on me. And that feeling is not a great feeling. Knowing that my guy is doing something with somebody and I just found out. (laughs) Yeah. Even if the situation is I am knowing that my partner is going to be having sex or touching another female booby or whatever, I'm like, nope, I can't. I can't allow myself to visually like even go into it because I get nauseous. And I'm like, it scares me a little bit, actually. I hear that. But if it was two men and me, it would be okay because my partner would be in my vagina area. And the other guy, I would ask him to just be up top where my nipples, kissing me, earlobes, neck, everything. So I feel like my vagina or ass is a personal thing for my partner. And I wouldn't want to give something away to somebody else if my partner wasn't okay with it. Mm, Okay. What about at a, say, party or club situation, if it was just the two of you there together in your like own little zone, would you get turned on watching other people or do you like kind of the privacy of your own zone? I think we would both be turned on. Nice. We get turned on by like thinking that somebody's watching us in a parking lot. Cool. Oh, so that's something you've done. Oh, I guess if you had to pull over the side of the road, then yeah. We've done it in a parking lot. I have like sucked his dick on a highway. He's fingered me on the highway while he's driving. We are at like a Christmas place. There's a lot of families around. There's a lot of things going on. And I just said, I really need an orgasm right now. Will you please give me one? 
And I whipped out my tits and he sucked on one, pinched the other. And within minutes I had an orgasm and then we went inside like nothing ever happened. But we had so much thrill and excitement from doing that. It was the best thing in the world. We talked about it like all day long. We still talk about it actually. Like certain times we'll just be like, remember that time, you know? And he'd be like, yeah, this was awesome. Like, I know we should go do that again. (laughs) Amazing. What about, okay, you mentioned that you have tried these different sex toys. Are there any sex toys you love that we haven't heard about yet? It's like a flashlight, but it does vagina and ass in the same toy. And it's like short. So I bought it for my partner because he travels. And I wanted him to like at least able to have an orgasm while he's gone. Because obviously I wouldn't be able to give him blowjob because that's not possible. Being like 2,000 miles away or anything. But. I decided like to just buy it for him and put it in his suitcase and not tell him. (laughs) I looked it up because whoever goes through your luggage, if they see something like that, they won't open it, I guess. And it actually says like what it is. So on one side, you can open it up and it's the vagina. And on the other side, it's the ass. He definitely will go in the vagina and go out through the ass, but whatever. It (laughs) does the same thing, I guess. And I thought it was the cutest thing ever, but I loved buying it for him, knowing that this thing would give him pleasure when I'm not around. Yeah. I felt more comfortable if I got him something than him doing it and then me finding out about it and then feeling, well, you left me out of that. Mm. And sad. And why did you leave me out of that? So I didn't even tell him I left him out of it, made the decision. It was the best decision because I love sometimes when I'm too tired to give a blowjob or my jaw hurts because I have TMJ problems. So keeping your mouth open for a long time can cause a lot of pain. And sometimes I'll be like, here, I will suckle your balls and I will use this flashlight on you or fleshlight or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just go up and down and he loves it. And at the end, he'll just be like, can you just use your mouth now? So, I mean, after a while, I had to buy the like lube that you can eat or you can swallow and not just KY because KY is gross. But after all of that, I felt like that was a toy that we could both equally use and it would give him pleasure as much as I know that I'm giving him pleasure by using it on him. Yeah, absolutely. How do you guys keep in touch sexually when you are far apart? I send him pictures of myself, but not naked or anything, just a selfie. Mm -hmm. I'll make sure that my boobs are pushed up in a certain way so he can see my boobs, but not full on boob picture. So I'm trying to be sexy, but also try to be like subtle. So if he's around anybody like coworkers, it's not like, oh my God. So I try to be more aware of that. He's not into dirty talk, whether it's over the texting or sexting. He's not into any of that. I learned that early on. So I kind of knew like what he wasn't into. But when he's away, we just talk. And if I'm extremely horny, which is pretty much every week, I'll call him up. We'll talk and I'll be like, I'm just going to orgasm on the phone with you. Love that. Hot. Sometimes he'll just talk and be like, if I was there right now, I would be smacking your tit. And I would smack my tit as if he was there. And that it's great. Like I can smack my own tits. I can pitch my own tits. I can actually like in a way like move my boob up and like bite my own tit if I need to. I don't do that a lot, but I can if I need to. 
but I can orgasm by touching my own tits without anybody around. You know, I don't need help. I figured it out how to do it by myself. That's awesome. Do you have any other hopes or fantasies for your sex life going forward? So I'm on a journey to lose weight. I feel like that's an important thing in a sex life is being comfortable with your own body. And I am comfortable with my own body by myself and with my partner. But I do hope that one day we can do like I have my legs wrapped around him and he's standing. I think that's called missionary. And I kind of hope to do that. It doesn't look exceptionally like fantastic as a position, but I do want to try it. Yeah. So I hope that, you know, once I lose some weight and he's ready, he can hold me up and we can just do it. It just seems like a fun position to try. Fuck yeah. 69 has, I mean, we don't do oral for me downstairs, but even when we called it bench sitting, which sounds so stupid, but it was basically him laying down, but on his side. So his dick was in my face and I was obviously sucking him off mm-hmm. and then he would use both of his hands and he would just like twist onto my nipples Hot. a bunch of times while I'm sucking him off. But I'm like in doggy style. So if I want him to, he could finger me if I ask, but okay. most of the time I'm not asking him to finger me. I'm asking him to touch my nipples, pinch them, do all these painful things that sounds painful, but it's amazing. Yeah. We painful. Yes. I mean, I guess it's kind of painful, but it's a good painful. It's not like, oh my God, you're making me bleed painful, you know? Yeah. Beautiful. Any other fantasies or just anything else that we need to know about your sex life? I had one fantasy when we first started dating. I wanted him to call me mommy. Mm -hmm. I don't really know why, but just in the moment, I think it's because I do a lot of imagination and I think about it in my head and I'm like, oh, I just want to try it out in the real life of not my brain. I would ask him to suck my titty like he was a kid for some reason. And then in the middle of it, I'd be calling him like we'd have a code name of Tommy. So I would just say, Tommy, can you suck mommy's titty? And he would do it. And it was such a turn on and he would just do it. He wouldn't say anything. And then I'd switch it and be like, good job, daddy. You helped mommy out today. Fun. He would just stick with it. And I don't know if it's a mommy daddy or how that is as a fantasy, but it was such a like big turn on for me. And as soon as he was done sucking my ticks, he'd be like, okay, flip over. Daddy's going to uh, peg you. And I'm like, okay. And then I'd flip over to doggy. To me, it sounds so integrated and fluid and like you guys are just on the same page, which is just so hot. Wow. Okay. Lastly, if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age or ages would you pick and what would you say? I would choose 17 and learn that if a guy is approaching me and I don't feel comfortable to listen to my gut and not just engage in conversation. Hmm. If I didn't engage in conversation and just got in my car, I would have never gone through that, but I can't go back now. And at the end of the day, I am still a survivor, not only from that sexual assault from a couple others and still stronger in the end, because I'm still standing. They are not because they are still in prison. (laughs) So in a sense, I'm the winner. I am the survivor. And at that age, I think I would still told myself, if you feel a certain way, listen to your gut because your gut is usually always right. And to this day, my gut is always right. (laughs) So beautiful. 
Louise, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Do you have a sex question for me? You know, that's really hard because I've listened to a lot of your podcast, like from the first one, which I believe was with your mom. And I will actually do, it's not sexual. I just wonder after the podcast was over and you talked with your mom through these sexual encounters, did you have like a better relationship with her after talking through it on a podcast or did it get awkward? No, that's such a beautiful question. So I'm actually going to give you kind of like the long view answer. 